I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me are my fellow amigos of the three amigos, uh, Brendan McAlinden and Jude Seymour. What up, fellas? You, uh, how you doing, buddy? I am, uh... The road recovery? Yeah, I'm in one piece. I'm in there one you piece. go. Sucks am, getting uh, old, doesn't I, it? I, I, I am the Khalid Kareem of the uh, Notre Dame blogosphere. <laughs> it was Jerry Tillery, uh, Khalid Kareem, Joshua and Vols. Joshua Vols. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll not be will not be uh, lifting today due to a slip and fall injury at work. Yeah, I will. Uh, I, I will be ready interviews. for pro day. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely do interviews. I will do pro day here in Hicksville. <laughs> no, I, actually, you know what I had to do today? I, I had a uh, a snake draft today for my uh, Pee Wee baseball team. Uh, which I got roped into doing. I was just going to coach uh, uh, head coach T-Ball and then help assist uh, with Pee Wee. But uh, I was told I was too valuable. Uh, <laughs> can I please coach Pee Wee too? So now I'm screwed. Snow. You got snow. Uh, yeah. Did you pick your own kid at least? Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, you guys what the first pick of, the, of your draft is? Your yeah. assistant coach and their kid. So you, so so even if the kid is good or not, you're, you just, you had to go around, you're, you know, you went around to get, make sure you got yourself some help. Uh, but it's, it's pretty funny. You know, you go through that draft and then the last few picks, it's more deals than anything else. Like you're not trading or like that, but you're like, Hey, I'll take this kid. If you take this kid, because that kid's parents fucking hate me. Uh, <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of a thing, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, or maybe, these two maybe kids can't be together, right? Hey, people that coach their kids things and do this this kind of stuff, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> one of us there, uh, there was a long list of uh, I can't this kid, this kid's parents, this kid's parents, uh, which was quite comical. <laughs> it's like shit, man. Uh, that's like half the list here. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm surviving. Uh, Man, it is just, I got to tell you guys, this is a great time of year because it's a chance for, for us to kind of like wind down a little bit, you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, the, the, I don't have NFL network anymore. I cut the cord, went to YouTube TV, I have no, no NFL network. And all these years I thought I like really loved the NFL combine. I'm finding out this year. I'm okay with with not having it on all day for for three days straight. So there's some know. things there's some things that are more important than the NFL Combine. I know of one. What's um, that? Do you know what today's date is? It's the second, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, just 
I believe it was um, the first, the 29th, the 20, at midnight of the 29th, um, a poll ended on the, the website, One Foot Down. Oh, my Lord. Uh, uh, and I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter, but I, certainly I've taken my vows. And I've, I, I'm pretty sure. My Kurt calls. And Josh, I have to tell you, you brought me fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. And I thank you all. But Jude, let me tell you, it's been no better of roses. No pleasure cruise. <laughs> I consider it a challenge before the whole human race. And guess what, boys? I ain't going to lose. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm still what. talking about this? I mean, well, no, I mean, the polls, this is our first podcast since the polls closed. And if you guys didn't know, uh, Brendan swept the three. Uh, I came in second at all. Th- I mean, th- it was one, this two, is, three. Just to remind our listeners, this was the all Kelly team that we put together. We did a two part draft as a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And clearly, uh, you all love Brendan's, uh, uh, drafting was, Ackman. So congratulations. defense was tight. Defense was two votes, two, votes. <laughs> two freaking votes. If you ever thought that your vote didn't matter. I mean, there was two votes to separate. And I, I checked. I think I checked Friday, like afternoon, maybe, and I was up like two or three votes on Friday, Friday afternoon. It was, Damn it was it. hotly contested. But uh, th- I like to I did, think I, Jason, I, ran, I ran out of money. I ran out of money. My my war chest. I couldn't uh, be out campaigning. I put uh, the money like, in the Ross TV package. I literally count votes for a living, and uh, I couldn't even swing this election towards my favor. So. No, no one even asked me for a fucking endorsement. I was just out there, um, you know, uh, uh, getting getting names off headstones. Um, so I'd like to thank, <laughs> like to thank uh, JC, um, big fan of his work. Um, Jimmy Colossi. Uh, no, the other, the other one, the the older oh, one. I, I actually happen to be a huge fan of uh, Jimmy Colossi. I'm a fan of, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess you could say that I'm a fan of both JCs. Um, some probably more than others. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to thank Jimmy JC. Chris, the uh, guy we were recruiting for a while. Is that what we're talking about? Um, uh, yeah, well, perhaps. <laughs> uh, also, the, the listeners and the fans out there, um, I'd like to thank you all. And uh, of course, my family. Uh, it wouldn't be possible without them. Uh, my agent, uh, I'd like to thank him. And um, remember, only you can prevent forest fires. Do you? Uh, do we have music to play him off or what? Oh, my gosh. Congratulations, uh, Brad. I don't know. May this I, be the last I'm one not that to speak of that yeah. cursed poll. Get, get the hook. Get the <laughs> hook. All right. Hey, so uh, something that uh, that we've been doing on the podcast was is reading your reviews. Uh, but guess what, fellas? We got no, no reviews, reviews this week. week. No, oh. no reviews. It, not not a, not a solid. We there were some new ratings, but no new reviews. So listen up, y'all. Please go to Apple Podcasts. Rate and review the show, leave a review, and we will read it right here on the spot. Uh, whatever you say, uh, within reason, of course. And uh, it, it's a nice way for us to, to, to pat ourselves on the back. But it's also a great way to know what you guys like and what you don't like. Uh, even if you don't like a few things and you want to toss us a five-star because we're, we're a bunch of tryhards, uh, <laughs> then you know that's cool. Uh, but then we can try to work towards getting what you guys want on the show. Uh, it is, what we have come to find out is that this podcast is pretty much unlike every other Notre Dame podcast uh, that you're going to get. Like, 
solidly sits alone on its mountaintop. Uh, so it, I'm pretty proud of that fact. I don't know about y'all. So uh, please rate and review. We will read the reviews. And if you're a political campaign that I hear that they're throwing out some money for positive things said about them, I will more than willing to read uh, a nice uh, a nice thing if you give us a five star review. Um, I hear they're I hear they're paying money for nice things to be said these days. Mm. Where's our super pack? Yeah, where is it? So, kind of you know, last time we recorded, we had a great weekend of Notre Dame athletics. This time, not really so good. Uh, Notre Dame's hockey team kind of floundered in their last series at home. Um, they put them like, I want to say they're the fifth seed in the Big Ten tournament, uh, which they are not the back-to-back defending champions of. Um, they'll be playing Minnesota for on a three. It's a three-game uh, series, uh, best of three series, and that'll be played up in Minnesota this weekend. Um, Notre Dame basketball losing to Wake Forest on the road. Another close oh. loss in a way. I mean, they were down. It just it's been typical. You go down big, come back, take the league. And then they relinquish it, and there was the game. Um, uh, now they, I mean, there's still some people saying if they just make it to the ACC championship finals, uh, you know, the win out, and then get up to there, and they get it in. I don't no buy way. it. I think they, no they're going to have to win it all. They're going to have to win the whole damn, which is fine with me. This takes off a lot of stress with the last with the Florida State game and uh, whoever the hell else we finish up with. But anyways, um, <laughs> so it, it's it's. It's when the whole damn thing or, or go home. So we're NIT. That's where we're at. That's what it is. Well, I so, would be remiss. I, that's where I mean, that's where Notre Dame hockey's sitting at. I think they're at like I want to say 17th in the pairwise rankings. Top 16 get into the NCAA tournament, but with all the conference tournaments, there's going to be some upsets and, and a little bit of movement there in the back end. So Notre Dame is, de- you know, definitely. I, I, I I'm pretty certain they need to win the entire Big Ten tournament. Uh, to to make the NCAA tournament, so yeah, it, here we go, boys. If you're in, if you're into hoops and, and into hockey, uh, it's do or die time. And wait, women's basketball can still make some noise in in their ACC tournament. So they're not even the preeminent women's program at Notre Dame right now because no, we have hey, no, hey. the the experts. Hey, hey, while 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 we're getting on the uh, early in the podcast, getting on non football topics, why do you explain uh, explain to our listeners? Who is the best women's uh, program right now on campus? Who else but but the person, I guess, probably in all of the internet who has their pulse, <laughs> finger on the pulse of women's lacrosse, Jude Seymour. I right? I just want to I want to thank all 60 of you who read my story every every week when I write up the uh, women's lacrosse game. I actually really enjoy watching the women's lacrosse game. They got a they got a great team. It's a really good mix of. Um, a couple of graduate students, a couple of uh, j- juniors that were outstanding of, that played since freshmen, and just two outstanding uh, freshman ladies. So um, they've had a new goaltender this year, and she is amazing. Uh, she's doing great. And so they're up to number two in the nation, and they maintain their number two ranking. It was announced today. So um, we're just we're flying high, and we're feeling good. When do they play Same North day. Carolina? Because North Carolina is uh, number one. When is the one-two showdown? Because and when are we going to be lighting up that number one? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule recently. I want to say, oh man, Grace Hall on fire. Yeah, Grace Hall is going to be lighting up that number one in. Um, I believe it's two weeks. Is it? Is it two weeks? Okay, I think so. I think it's three games out. Yeah, nice. So, and I would, I would love to organize like just a big, a big uh, trip to go watch to go watch and root. Th- 
this squad on uh, something like that. That'd be fantastic. I think that'd be ridiculously fun. And yeah, not- I mean, they don't they don't get really good crowds. Um, you know, you probably hard pressed so, to be about two hundred. So if, like, if I if, if I alone bring like like somehow get like an extra fifty to seventy five people there, like I can I can wear my crown right. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sunday, March 15th. There you go. Away. Circling calendars. Uh, Chapel Hill. Uh, they are playing the number one ranked North Carolina Lady Tar Heels. Lady Heels. Uh, which you know should probably be a one-two matchup. Yeah, I would not been... mind being down in Chapel Hill <laughs> on that day. <laughs> yeah, probably, right? Um, it just, it's been fun because um, I started – I started quote unquote covering Notre Dame women's lacrosse in 2017. Cause I was, I was trying to learn more about lacrosse and I figured um, writing about women's lacrosse was an easy way to say the wrong things and not have people notice. Um, and so I've been slowly building up my knowledge of the women's game. I, I'm not as, I'm not as familiar with the men's game, although the, the games are obviously pretty similar. Um, and so it's been interesting to me to see the attention that the women's team is now drawing from, from other websites um, because they're of their number two ranking. And, and I, I, instead of being like, Oh, well I was here first or anything like that. I actually very excited because I think the more uh, attention that's paid to this team, uh, the better off it is because uh, there's just, there's a lot of good stories on, on this team. And, and I think, you know, I've been snookered before about how far this team can go and, and they never really ever seem to make it past the the second round of the NCAA uh, tournament or the second round of the ACC tournament. But uh, this year, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good uh, at least in the early going. So we'll see. It, it, they're always at a point, you know, where they get to uh, I don't know if it's midterms or, or what the deal is, but they always kind of hit a point where they're um, they, it becomes a grind. And, and the ACC's got a lot of great teams, uh, a lot a lot of great teams. So um, every game is pretty tough. So we'll see. Just to just to highlight a little bit on a point you made. Uh, not, not with the women's lacrosse team, but, uh, just overall, look, Notre Dame itself, the university houses a lot of really, really good athletic programs. Uh, fencing is one that immediately comes to mind. Um, and then we've, we've already mentioned hockey. Like, look, I I saw a funny comment on the Irish illustrated message board. Like, Hey, when are you guys going to start covering hockey? And I didn't comment. I should say the guy like, Hey bro, we've been doing this over OFD for a while now. Come on over. You know, we we're one of the few sites that 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 does a uh, I think a solid and thorough job of covering the hockey program. Uh, and hey, that's what it's all about. I know 99 percent of you are listening to this podcast and you're wanting to get to the football information. And, and we understand that. And that's what we are here to do. But at the same time, there are lots of other things going on there. Lots of good stuff uh, throughout the, the entire athletic program uh, that we have a lot of fun with. I mean, you should if you're if you're just a football fan, football um, you know, fan of the program, you know, maybe expand a little bit. Uh, if you're an alum, I, I, I'm sure you've, you've been to one of these events on campus before. Anyways, just keep growing. Uh, Cause you know, these, these programs, you know, like I said, fencing, hockey, uh, women's lacrosse, these are, these are, these are high quality NCAA programs. Uh, and it's fun to watch. I mean, I'm a huge fan of these. I'm a huge fan of sprouts. All right. So let's get more sprouts. 
Yeah, I mean, the ACC network is obviously making this easier, too. So if you if you have, you know, I, I get my ACC network through like ESPN Plus or whatever. So if you already, you know, you signed up for Disney Plus for the kids or whatever, and then you and then maybe got oh, the yeah. bundle and you got ESPN Plus. Uh, that's how I'm, I'm getting the games and stuff. So, of course, um, of course, I'm thinking Jim Delaney uh, for all my hockey coverage. Uh, between the Big Ten Network, that's right. To the Big Ten Network and uh, uh, NBC Sports Channel, uh, I, I get a ton of hockey of Notre Dame hockey games, which is fantastic. So thank you, Jim Delaney. Thank you. You're for about our, the uh, only one in America thinking Jim Delaney for anything outside of uh, uh, Piscataway, New Jersey, and <laughs> like College Park, Maryland. Of that podcast episode, we we all hailed uh, uh, Jim Delaney for you know Notre Dame's hockey glory. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So let's get it. Let's, let's move it on into this football football world. And, and actually the first thing I want to talk about guys is not the NFL combine, which we will get to. Um, uh, but it is, uh, the article that was, that came out today, uh, from Pete Thamel, uh, about, about Brian Kelly and, and just a few things. And, and just, just to cover, just to cover some, some of the basic stuff is, you know, Brian Kelly's contract still is not, not finalized officially, uh, but it, you know, he's saying it's in the bag. It's going to be there before 2020. Um, there are things attached to this, uh, such as expansion of the Goog and stuff like that. So they're all trying to get all that stuff finalized. Uh, Brendan, what, what were kind of your thoughts uh, for the article? Besides uh, Pete Thamel is not a big believer in, uh, in fact. It was very <laughs> disjointed, the article, but as far as the contents there within, I was – there were a couple of things that I found especially nice that that it was tied to the Goog, which if Brian Kelly can get improvements made to the Goog, go down the list of things, regardless of national championships, setting up whoever's the next coach of Notre Dame. If Brian Kelly's era, uh, legacy during his time here is simply one that – Training tables, check. Field turf, check. Jumbotron, check. In a brand new, palatious indoor practice facility, right? Check. Uh, improvements right. to the Goog, check. Um, getting seven-figure salaries for assistant coaches, check, check, check. Brian we're, Kelly's. We're talking legacy stuff here. It is legacy stuff for him. Um, one thing I did find interesting, and you'd, you'd mentioned it as well, is the length of the contract certainly wasn't sipping my ties by 2024 length. Um, yeah, just I mean, just just to uh, quickly say what that was, we've all been under, been working under the assumption of a two to three year extension, which it very well may be. Uh, but within the article itself, it wasn't stated as fact. It was just um, more, you know, kind of conjecture a little bit from Thamel about six years, basically stating that Brian Kelly looks, it seems like he's got a half a dozen years left in him. So whether or not the contract extension is actually anything more than three years, I actually doubt, but just the general feel that he put into the, into that piece about it. it who knows? I mean, I, I mean, honestly, guy, with any of these coaches, who knows what's happening? Yeah, I mean, the quote was, um, it's realistic to see him coaching about a half dozen more years. That was that was Pete Thamel see, I think if you ask, sitting down with him. I, I think it, I think, though, if you ask, I, I think Jude will back me up on this. I think if you go ahead and ask most guys on the beat, would they realistically see Brian Kelly going past, you know, four years? I think almost to a man, I think they would all say no. 
Jude, do you think that's accurate? Yeah, I also think that there's probably some um, recruiting advantages to say that you're going to be there longer than you actually end up being. And so I, I would not be surprised if they end up paying him a year or two after than he actually stays, you know, uh, or, you know, his contract goes for six years, but he only ends up ends up staying for four. I, right. I it works like a bo- it works like a bonus. It works yeah. like a bonus. Yeah. I mean, so listen, and I, so I'm going to pose this question to you guys. I mean, so let's say things don't change a whole lot as far let's say Brian Kelly lasts another three years. Notre Dame doesn't win a national title. But they're still winning 10, 11, 12 games uh, a season in those three years. Let's, let's just say they, you know, they would have playoff something not so major, but it's still a, a big step. The, what he leaves for the next coach is far greater than what he stepped into by far, right? Oh hell yes! It's so the that greatest next coach, situation of any Notre Dame so head that coach. Ne- so that next coach would could basically end up being like, like Jesus. Whereas Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly is basically Lazarus, right? I guess that's why my point is, <laughs> is he, he's not the touchdown Jesus that we, uh, you always hope you hire, but he, en- he ends up kind of being more like Lazarus in a way, or maybe John the Baptist. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking John the Baptist was pretty good that he, but, and then Reese would be Reese's. So, um, uh, un- unfortunately though, I mean, John the Baptist head ended up on a silver platter in front of Herod. Well, most, but, most of their heads did. <laughs> so, so I, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but I, it's kind of got that feel, right? Like Brian Kelly may not end up doing what we all want him to do, but I think without a doubt, I think most of us feel by the time he leaves, it's the best situation a Notre Dame coach has walked into. And in, I, I don't know, fucking ever, ever. I mean, yeah. Ever, yeah, right? I, I almost, I almost feel like I mean, I don't know. Have, Dan Divine, Dan Divine, Divine, since Dan, Dan Divine, Divine, let's say Dan, Dan Divine, Divine. Came yeah. Yep. Because because Era uh, left at like a high point. Um, yeah. Because he should have won a national title his last year there, but the cowardly did not uh, make that decision. If you're telling me that in 2022, right? Because you're saying that he's winning 10, 11, 12 games. Uh, 2022 Notre Dame goes to Columbus. Clemson's coming to town. Of course, there's uh, uh, USC and Stanford. Jude's favorite series in the scoop that Jude got cows coming to town. If they're able to pull off an 11 win season with USC, Stanford, Clemson, Ohio, a trip to Ohio state, including just sort of Mark, the, the thundering herd, uh, maybe, maybe BYU. Uh, yeah. Um, it's at Navy. So who knows where we're going to be playing Navy. It could probably be down under for all I know. Hey, real quick. Do you guys know that there is actually a, a non-Navy year right now. What are you talking about? What you talking about? I have about? no idea. Listen, listen. If, if you go to uh, footballschedules.com, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm not friend on there the right pod, now. FBS but, schedule. But there is a, there, yes, very good friend of the pod. There is a year with no Navy on it. I believe it's 2023. You can, I mean, y'all can yeah. check. No, 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 they're there. Uh, they're playing on 11-11. There, there, there is a year on there right now where there is no Navy. Oh my God. Just that is your know. dream. That is your dream is a I, year uh, I, Navy. I, I, and I'm looking at the year 2027, 2027, there is no Navy 2027. There is no Navy in 2027. Which is probably because they haven't announced it yet. No, there is a 2028 Jude. There's a 2028 Jude. Okay. 
they stopped. Uh, yeah, they're good all the way up until 2026. They're, they're at Navy. Then their home schedule in 2027 does not include Navy, but then they return to Navy in 2028. Could 2027 be the year? Oh boy, I mean, let's, um, let's worry about that in seven years. My God, how is is the prince? Will Prince be at <laughs> Notre Dame at that time? Will Prince Victor be at, at Notre Dame at that time? Ah, uh, no, no. Well, no, no, no. He's uh, he'll be turning nine this year, so so he'll only be sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So I was one. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if he'd be long snapping for the Irish he, at that he, point. Yeah, we'd be pushing his long snapping career by then for sure. Yeah. Uh, check uh, jjhuddle.com. Uh, for all of your Ohio football news. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, well, we, I, I, I had to get that out, out of, off my chest. I keep forgetting to bring that up somewhere, whether Twitter or whatnot. But uh, yeah, there, there, there definitely is a date there. But anyways, but I mean, this is, I mean, Notre Dame is in a, and we might as well, we might as well just jump. Uh, we're just going to jump to, uh, what I guess we're all calling Pete Sampson's hypothetical, uh, which basically what sounds like a lot of the same that we've had every year, but his, about a 10 and two with win over Clemson or 11 and one with a loss to Clemson. Um, Cause I, I got, I got to tell you the way Brian Kelly has this program now, neither one of those actually sounds enticing, right? I think this is sure. what makes it so hard is that it, we're now that we're winning these double digit games, we're all looking for that next step. And neither an 11-1 season with a with a loss to Clemson or a 10-2 season with a winner of Clemson seems like that next jump. It seems like that next step, does it? Right. Neither one of those places is where I think Notre Dame fans want to be. It's it's actually, if you think about it, 11-1 would be the 2018 season and 10-2 would be the 2019 season. So it would right. be a redux of one of those two seasons that we've just recently experienced. I'm, I would right. argue that's, that, that's that that's so frustrating. Two, if you beat Clemson and Clemson right now has made how many straight playoff appearances since 2015? Have they been to the playoffs every single year since 2015? Yeah. Uh, a feat that, so the longest uninterrupted streak of playoff appearances, right? And as many titles as Alabama in the same time frame, two titles, uh, multiple national championship appearances, most recently this season, uh, Justin Lawrence probably, or Trevor Lawrence, Justin Lawrence, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence probably is the number one pick of the NFL in the NFL draft next season and the front runner for the Heisman going into 2020. If noted, and if you look at Clemson's schedule, Clemson will in all likelihood be undefeated going into that game. And the stipulation with, with um, Pete Sampson is that Notre Dame will have a loss at that point. It will set up, not unlike the 2005 Bush push USC game where a very good USC came into town. Notre Dame already had a loss. And if Notre Dame wins this game against Clemson, even if in his scenario, they end up losing on senior day to Louisville, it is absolutely a um, narrative changer for the Irish because what right now dogs them is the fact that they don't have that marquee win Outside of Oklahoma 2012, I guess you have to go back to Oklahoma 2012 for a, a marquee win of substance. And if they're able to beat Clemson and essentially kick Clemson out of the playoffs, 
that's something that Brian Kelly can you can hang your hat on that even if you go ten and two and I think he said you get a BCS win or I, I'm the equivalent of New Year's six right you get a, a I believe he said that you get an equivalent of a New Year's six win so I mean if you beat Clemson that is that's something that you can build off as opposed to 11 and one where sure you beat everybody on your schedule, but Clemson, you're still not going to the playoffs, but it, it, it doesn't really differentiate between maybe 2015 other than you beat Stanford slash, you know, you, we beat USC at the end of the year, right? Yeah. I'm just not, I'm just not sold on that being, uh, I'm just not sold on that being a big narrative changer for the program. I, I well, just, it, it, with, does, with, it, change, it changes the narrative, but it's not a narrative that you wanted to change too. the narrative now is is you're frustrated because of the inexplicable losing to Louisville when you beat Clemson. Right now, you know, and, like, and with that said, it's senior day against Louisville is not senior day against Boston College 1993. You still have one more game. It is a road game. <clears throat> excuse me. And it could be a, a, a decently ranked USC Trojans team. I mean, it's going to be USC, obviously, but they, you know they could end up. We do have, we have no idea what the hell USC is going to be this year. But you know, a lot of people are pretty high on them. I think I've seen as high high ranked as like 13th preseason in, in some places. Um, so I mean, they could be pretty good. So if you go out there and then beat them after a, that uh, triple overtime uh, heartbreaker against Louisville on Cedar Day, um, maybe. You know, maybe that ten and two is then enough, dependent upon the rest of the field, to get you in the playoffs. And so maybe that catapults you into. Well, that's not the stipulation. Greatness. The stipulation no, that I, he's, he's making is that both both paths and make you end up in the New York New Year's Six Bowl. Right. Well. All right. Look, I, I, eleven and one is the answer here, and and I'll tell you for for one simple reason, which is. I only have one week, one weekend in which I'm unhappy instead of two weekends. And the, and I'm, and as an, as a Notre Dame fan, as sad as this is, I'm conditioned to losing the big game. I'm conditioned to losing this game. And yes, and I'm attracted to what Brendan says, which is you get to change the narrative, but I'm also sensitive to the fact that the narrative, the narrative might actually change to, well, Clemson must not be that good or, you know, insert excuse X, Y, and Z, right? It didn't change the right. narrative for, for Pittsburgh to beat Clemson uh, in 2016, 17. Right. It, right. Um, but but Pittsburgh so, was a trash can team that, right. that had already six losses on the season. Right, but to Jude's point, it, it, it good didn't on make, good. The only thing, that, it, only thing it did was just say that, you know, Pitt, Pitt is still a super weapon. But, you know, to Jude's point too, you know, look, this is a night game in November. It's a Southern school up there. People are going to make excuses for a close loss. You know, if Clemson has a has a close loss from this game, they'll make excuses. You know what I mean? So, will you be attending this game, Josh? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll be there for sure. Explain oh, I, to me then the euphoria that you would feel not knowing the outcome of whatever happens later on down the season against Louisville. Oh, can you explain to me a bigger win in your entire? I don't know, last 20 years of your life watching Notre Dame football than beating Clemson, an undefeated Clemson would be. It would be, uh, like, let's see. It'd be like 2014 uh, Florida State before they flew through the flag. That that feeling that you had for, you know, yeah. two seconds. You know, I, I got to tell you, two, 2017 USC 
was a huge one for me. I had to leave the press box. USC already uh, had a loss at that point. It, We're talking I mean, about I didn't money. care. I didn't care. Look, I it's USC. And you know, we're no, just beating the shit. We're just beating the shit out. And I it, just the the energy in the stadium is different than at home, right? I think we can all buy that. So it it was a beat down, and it was, but it wasn't a beat down of Wake Forest. It was fucking USC. And we've all lived through the decade of you know of trash against that squad. And I I had to leave the press box. I had to go down into the crowd. And just be around my people. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I, ha- I had to be me uh, in that moment because of, of how I felt. I, so to your to your going back to your question there with Clemson, it'd probably be much the same. Uh, uh, the the, uh, the quick recap <laughs> may not be so quick, but uh, but yeah, I, I, it, it would be amazing. It, it would it would be nothing like it this century. Uh, it, it probably would be the biggest. Century, the century, it'd be right? Big, it'd be the biggest win that I've ever attended inside Notre Dame Stadium. Um, I would probably tie it, and at the time, and this is going to sound stupid, but I mean, at the time in 2005, uh, going up to Ann Arbor, which I was, I was up there for that game against Michigan, was huge. Uh, you know, Michigan was ranked number three at the time. Uh, they ended up not having that kind of a season as it was, but that at that moment beating them. Uh, was probably the one of the I don't know I mean I was there in 2000 when we came back against Oklahoma that was fucking awesome uh, but but I mean that was just awesome the the game up in Ann Arbor when we beat Michigan when they ranked number three was probably the biggest win I've 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 attended in person I think um, so this would I, that would trump that uh, so yeah dude I don't know I mean I'd be, I'd be popping bottles uh, I mean I would I was there for the 37 nothing. Um, you know, victory over Michigan in 2014 and was in the FIDM office with Jack Swarbrick walking in like a pimp. Uh, and that was pretty dope too. Oh man. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, Clemson, awesome. Clemson is going 11 and one. If they lose to Notre Dame next year, if you look at their schedule, it is Georgia tech, Louisville, Akron, Virginia, Boston college, Florida state, NC state, Syracuse by week, Notre Dame, Citadel, Wake Forest, South Carolina. Wake Forest is going 11 and one. Then they're going to the ACC championship game, likely winning that going 12 and one. Maybe they're going that's to the college football playoff. Maybe not, but that is the Wake biggest, Forest, but you mean Clemson I'll, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Clemson. Maybe I'm, they're I'm, going, I'm going to tell you, slow your roll real quick on that. Yeah. And, uh, Cause I'm on that. I'm kind of on that same level in a way, but two games stick out to me right there. Number one, Louisville, just because of what Satterfield has did in his first year was that's just an amazing turnaround sure. with a team that most people said just did not have FBS talent. It's at you know, home. Division one talent on there that, but that is it at Clemson. However, second week of October, Florida state in Doak Campbell, Florida state, new head, co- <clears throat> new head coach. He's a good one. Who's playing. That could be, that is a big game right there. Um, that I would circle. I would also circle that one. Look, Florida State is not – it's not like Florida State is recruited terribly. They have talent on their roster. They do. Uh, and yeah. I, I think uh, it's Jay Norvell, right, Jay? Yeah. I, he's a fucking really good coach. Um, and, you know, it's going to – this is a huge step up from Memphis, obviously. But if he can do do a lot of those uh, same Mike things – Mike State. It's Mike, I think, right? Yeah, yeah Mike, Mike. I don't know why. 
I don't know why I want to keep saying Jay, but yeah, Mike, I think that game against uh, against Florida State, that, that's one to really keep an eye on. That's a sleeper right now, just because of the way, you know, Florida State's been. Um, but I mean, obviously, we're all hoping for an undefeated Clemson, you know, coming in November. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, so that, what was interesting to me was that Pete got thousands of votes and it was 55 45 in, in, in favor of the argument that Brennan's making, which is that the fans that responded to the poll said they would rather take um, 10 and 2 with a win over Clemson than 11 and 1. So that speaks to the desire to get this. Um, it's, a, it's a thirst this, trap, right? Yeah, yeah. this it's, feeling it's, off their back of, of we never win this game. I just want to win this. I want to win the big game once because. I'm sick of being disappointed, and I and I get that, but man, you're gonna be hella disappointed look, when they lose look, to the not, Louisville. No, so. not to get, yeah. not to we get. We would have weird. a very rough. We would have a very rough podcast. It would not be not, on like Josh's and I's Michigan podcast. Uh, <laughs> not to get too blue. Not to get too blue here, but this this situation is on the same level as as what as what I'm about to lay down to you. Say you're a single guy in your 20s, and you know, you are not a Catholic practicing Catholic and you're going out every night. Right. And you're going and you're living in this hookup culture. Do you want to get that one supermodel and that's it on a three month drought? Or do you want to go and get a, get a nice girl every couple of weeks that, that, that you meet and have a nice coffee conversation with, you know what I'm saying? It's like, are you, are you, are, it's, it's a thirst trap, right? Like you walk, when you're looking at this, you, you, a lot of those people want, you know, you want that Clemson, but at the same time, you're thinking, well, is that it? You know, I want more than just that one, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it's a, it's a tough one because there's so much, there's just so much that you, that you don't know around the entire season. Right. Like Jude, we talk about this a lot. When we start talking about predictions, we have no idea how teams are going to be in October, let alone November. I mean, so it, it's a hard question to answer. It's just kind of like, it, it just kind of says where we're at as a program right now. And to me, it's that we are not stuck in neutral, but it, it feels like it in a way, like I mean, we were risen from the grave with these double digit win seasons, but that I'm looking at this question more as like a, eh, either way. Whereas, you know, five years ago, you're looking at it. Like I, I think, there was some, I'll be more definitive in my answer. I, I just, Look, I, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's, it, it was fun. It was surprising to me. Cause I, I felt like I answered this poll question in literally 0.2 seconds. I mean, 11 and one all day. And I've, I've not changed my mind since I, I understand the argument for 10 and two. And I see, I see some of the, the, the benefits and I get, and I get that, but, um, you know, look, I, I think I think twelve and one with a loss to Clemson. I was very happy during the 2018 season. Yeah, that the game against Clemson sucked, but now Pete's in Pete's hypothetical, we lose to Clemson by eight, not twenty-seven. So I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to take twelve and one with a loss to Clemson by eight. So I'm there. I want to win. And I'll get the New York Six monkey off my back too for from 1994. So I just I just yeah, want to win. I just one time, I just want to bring this the Bush push, 2014 Florida State, and it's just 2015 Clemson. 
2017 Georgia, 2019 Georgia. It's just, I just, I want one of these. I want one of these in the regular season more than anything. I will take a loss. The thing is, you got it in 2013. It just we didn't get a chance to celebrate Michigan it because State. because because yeah. we didn't know who Michigan State was going to be. Yeah, you know? and, we did get it. Yep. And and still and even still, like throughout that season, R.I.P. Georgia. It just felt like we like none of us still none of us really cared. Even you kept looking back at Michigan State winning, and we still didn't really like keep pointing to that like how great of a win that was. Uh, right. <laughs> so I mean, it's, I mean, it's except Michigan they State. were a playoff team. What two years later? No, they 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 won every other game they played that season. I, I understand that, but I'm right. Just saying, oh, 2015. Playoff, yeah, 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 yeah. The playoffs yeah, yeah. came along, and they're and they're the playoffs. So they had a, basically a three year run where they were unstoppable to 13, 14, and 15. And you know, we well, yeah, were the, that was back we were when the, we were we were the sole reason that kept them from possibly from playing for the national championship in 2013, and. And there's no there's no acknowledgement of that fact. It's just kind of like this, like, eh, you know, because Michigan doesn't have the cachet of Clemson and they don't have what Clemson's been doing now. And so people forget that that, that 2013 was not a playoff year. That was the last year of the, the non- they would have played. They would have played. Just, State. Re- <laughs> well, and they probably would have got yeah. boat raced by Jameis. But I mean, they would have they would have went but, there. I mean, but, but that they was beat, they if, beat, if, Michigan, if Michigan State would have beat us and then gone on to do everything else that they did, I think you got to say that they're in the championship game, right? They absolutely because they beat Ohio State because they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten. Got a great resume. Um, yeah, that was uh, and they ended up winning the Rose Bowl that season too. Did they? Yeah, I think they won the Rose Bowl that year too. It was a it was a banner year for Michigan State. Banner year. Anyway, so again, you know. I guess you could make the argument like, look, you know, beating Michigan State that year uh, didn't make people feel any better about, um, you know, the multiple losses that were incurred. So I guess by by the same token, like, you know, is Clemson going to make you feel better about inexplicably losing to to Louisville and losing and losing Wisconsin? I don't think so. So, Uh, I mean, but that's Michigan State. Right, because they beat them in 2017, and nobody gave a shit. Because in Michigan State in 2017, won 10 games that year, and they right they went 10 and three. Uh, it, that's Michigan State. This isn't like height of their power, punch him in the face, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson. Listen, listen. I want I, I want to talk a little. I mean, if you beat Clemson read. in 2015, you wouldn't have felt any better about that season. No, because Clemson wasn't Clemson yet. But this is okay. this is Clemson is now on Alabama's level where, like I said, they've been to the playoffs every year since 2015 and they've been to multiple national titles. They've won two of them and they've been to three national titles total since 2015. So Clemson is they've eclipsed. I would say that it's not you unfair said, to say you Clemson, said Clemson has, wasn't Clemson, but at the same time, they went to the national championship that year. So but just like Michigan State wasn't Michigan State in 2013. Um, Clemson, Clemson didn't have the sort of cachet in 2015. It was that game that turned it into it. Bring your Brandon, own guts. It Brandon, was Dabo Sweeney. Bring is, your own guts. What I'm saying to you is if they had beaten Clemson in 2015 and still lost the other two games and Clemson went to the national championship and lost to Alabama just like they did in, in the real 2015, would you have felt great about that Clemson win? I don't think they go to the national chain. I don't think they make the playoffs in 2015 if they lose Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they don't make it there. They were 14 and one though. So 
they, they lost the championship game, though, which means they were undefeated, which means they would have only lost once. You don't think they sneak in as a as a no? Force? I think I think that Clemson, at the point of the program that they were at, they were still there was still the Clemson moniker. Clemsoning was a moniker that existed at, at 2015, and it was the Notre Dame game that completely changed the narrative of Clemson. It was BYOG, bring your own guts. It was Dabo Sweeney dancing in the locker room after that Notre Dame game that completely changed the trajectory of the Clemson program. Listen, and if Notre Dame beats dude, Clemson, then it's like... Listen to me. Stop talking. Listen to me. This is a very important point. 2015, Iowa was 12-0, and 0, or 12-1, excuse me, and ranked number five. But they lost the Big Ten championship game. To Michigan State, I'm like still, a 37 but they were still but, ranked number five in the country. See right. What I'm but, saying? You, but, but what I'm saying is you got you got Clemson with one loss and an ACC champion versus Michigan State with one loss and not a Big Ten champion. They get in over Michigan State. No, Michigan State still went to the playoff and they got boat raced by Alabama. But what I'm saying is if you can't exclude you can't exclude Clemson, right? Because you're taking away Clemson's spot, whichever seed they were that year, two or two or three, right? Right. Taking away their their spot and you're moving them down to say now you're considering now there's literally two spots open. No state spot and Clemson spot. So so whether listen, Stanford was sitting at number six. They had two losses. Ohio State was number seven with one loss. Uh, So, I mean, Ohio State was on the peripheral at 11 and one and Ohio State was probably the best team in college football that year. Right. I, I, I mean, that Ohio State team. You have an ACC. You have an ACC champion Clemson team with one loss to an out of conference Notre Dame team with who only has two losses. Yeah, who's probably ranked in the top. One And that was still middle of the season. They're in. They're in the playoff, guys. They're this in. is even. Yeah, this is in. even a discussion. Yeah, they're Do in. Do they get in, in over Notre Dame because Notre Dame loses? So that now, now go I'm answer. Sure go answer one. my. Go answer my question, which you definitely avoided, which is if they lost to. They still lost two games that year, and they, but they beat Clemson. Would you feel good about beating Clemson? Yeah, so I know. Trading one of our well, hold on, hold on. So you're trading one of the wins that we had for to make to be the second loss, right? You're trading the Clemson win, trading one of the wins in because they were ten oh, and two. They lost year. three games that year. I mean, they they still lose to Ohio State and they still lose to um, to Stanford. No, they. So yeah, so I, I guess Stanford last week that Notre Dame's undefeated at that point, right? I mean, it's not. It's but at that point, it's not Clemson that interesting. Is the Notre Dame then becomes the impediment to Clemson getting in the playoff because Notre Dame beat Clemson, but they're not a they're not a conference champion. But they only have one lo- uh, They only have one, one loss. It's to Stanford at, at the buzzer. On a who's field. good that year, right? Right. They were. Yeah, they had two. They had, yeah, but they had two losses though. Stanford yeah. did. But were they, they the Pac-12 champions? The Iowa and the Rose Bowl. Back. Yeah, Pac-12 they were Pac-12 champions. champions. And Notre Dame loses on a last-second field goal. That's interesting. Because of a bogus uh, face mask penalty, but Clemson wasn't Clemson in 2015. I Clemson until wasn't Clemson, but you still haven't answered my question. <laughs> I guess my question is: is would I? I would give everything. I, beating Clemson in 2015 does not equate to beating Clemson in 2020 because just because of the way that the program is now, as opposed to what it was in 2015. I, I, I understand all that. I, I've, I've granted you all that. I'm, I'm still asking you. You've lost. You lost twice. 
So, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's, I guess in this scenario, you don't lose to Ohio State. You beat Ohio State in the New York York Six Bowl, and you're now trading a Clemson loss for a loss in the regular season. Let's say to 11-2 Navy. Well, no, I mean, well, if if Notre Dame beats Clemson in 2015, I'm just going to level with you real quick. Um, Brian Van Gorder is likely still employed in the 2017 (laughs) season because they'll give him all in 2016. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i don't know i mean i think the point's well made right which is like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't go out it, it it still freaking hurts real bad to lose to stanford right just as it will freaking hurt really bad to lose to louisville after well, that you beat Clemson. To, that loss to stanford in 2015 would go down among the worst since boston college especially with your up less than a minute ago all right yeah. <laughs> speaking of time speaking of time we are going to take a quick break uh, when we come back, uh, we will definitely be talking about something other than this hypothetical. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, boys, we are back on it. Uh, (laughs) Man, nothing nothing gets the offseason rolling harder than uh, when we start trading – Wins and losses from like uh, 10 years ago. 2015. Hey, look, I just to ca- put a capper on this discussion, we would be totally blessed. To ha- we're totally blessed to have problems like this. I mean, if you were a Notre Dame fan in 2009, you couldn't have conceived of situations like this. Like if, if, a, if a beat writer had said to you, what would you rather have? You would have like I think Josh said at the beginning of this discussion, Flip a coin. You, would, you would have said like literally any either one of those. I would be so happy. Yeah. You know Flip a I mean? fucking so, coin. I don't care. Yeah, no, imagine being a pick fan, <laughs> having to no, roll so out look. trash can quarterbacks every year, and yeah, it's just. So look, the other the other big thing went on. Obviously, we've we we have been avoiding it up until now. Uh, the NFL Combine. Chase Claypool had an amazing day, uh, a monster day, if you will. Um, Troy Pride had a had a good had a good combine, although. It, it feels like a huge L uh, because he didn't run like a four two two. But he's, uh, he's never going to run a four two two. But no, I, but look, I mean, a, like, a four, like, like if he would if he would have ran four three two or four three three or whatever, you would not have been surprised, right? No, I was expecting him to be like Henry Ruggs running a four two seven going into it, right? That that's what we were being I, sold. I thought if he ran a Will Fuller four three two. And then I, I would have thought I would have said that's exactly what I expected him to run. Um, I wouldn't have thought twice of it. I mean, he allowed 
reporters to help him entertain, you know, you know, well, did you see Ruggs is run? Yeah. And I'm a competitor. So you can take it with it with it what you will. You know what I mean? Like he, he definitely had his eye on challenging Ruggs for the, for the fastest man in the combine. And that's all well and what good, did- but then you can't then run a, and I understand it was adjusted to four, 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 but, but what came out first was a four, four, five. And then people were like the hell, you know? And so, and, and I, we talked to, I talked to Greg about this a little bit, Greg, a uh, friend of the pod, Greg, Greg 2126 on, on Twitter. Um, and he was just like, look, if you, if you, if you legitimately run a four, four, five, you don't, you don't start telling people that you're going to run a four to anything. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know yourself. So I think, this, I, I think the point, I think the whole point was that his testing at Notre Dame, which it, all the reporters will tell you, you know, or O'Malley was the big one about Boykin. He was shown miles Boykin's 40 time before the combine at Notre Dame. Sure. So, so when Boykin, you know, ran that, that great 40 at the combine last year, like O'Malley was not surprised. That was what, that, that was what he was capable of. Sure. So would you see the four, three times that, that pride got, you know, at Notre Dame while he was there, you would take that as like the, that that's what you're expecting. So then the four, four becomes even more di- disappointing because I mean, we're talking, <laughs> it is just so tight, right? I mean, it, it seems like a huge number and it's not, but, but it eventually becomes that way because the difference between Troy pride stock at four, two, seven or four, three on the dot. And what he ran is actually quite a bit. Yeah. Well, of course, because, you know, 427 people are like, look, I don't love his ball skills, but I do think that there's a place in our punt return team or kick return team or in our nickel package or, you know what I mean? Like they'll find a place for him to be a playmaker. Um, you know, at four, four, it's not that he's, he's running slow by any stretch of the imagination. He's still, yeah, he's, he's, he's Jude, still the top five. Jalen, Jalen really called him the fastest slow dude he's ever met. Dude, wow. Wow. Tell me how many players. He had a a good combine. Dude, you have the information. At a a really good combine. He had a great senior, senior, uh, bull. His stock was, uh, was way on the rise for what he was doing on the field. The fact that he didn't get a four, three and, and on it is yes, disappointing, but he still, I think we still have to think that his stock still rose from what we had thought that it would, you know, for what we thought it was, was that at the end of the season, right? I guess, I guess what I would say is I'm, I'm sure his stock didn't drop by, by running a four, four, um, okay. how many players know, in Notre Dame, Jude, you have the numbers. How many right. players at Notre Dame have run sub four, four at the combine at the combine since 1999, which I know you have all those yeah, stats. It's it's Will Fuller. It's Will Fuller. So I, and and I, I I tossed in when we were doing the pre pre show notes. I tossed in the winners. Troy Pride was listed as according to NFL.com story. Troy Pride was one of the winners of the Sunday of the Sunday uh, competitors, right? Which is cornerbacks and safeties, right? And was that based on the the drills that he did? So here's here's what the NFL Network said in their their winners. They go scouts. Likely, we're not thrilled with the former Fighting Irish Defender's senior tape. However, his work at the Senior Bowl and Combine may have helped him get back in their good graces. Pride's athleticism was on full display, both on the runway, 4.440 at 193 pounds, and his 
in the field drills. He made Willie Mays type catch on a deep throw and was solid catching the ball all day. His hips were fluid. His fluid hips were also on display during drills. So they liked the things that he did outside fluid, of the fluid hips. I oh, mean, what just somewhere Mike, Mayock, it, somewhere Mike Mayock has just like his sweatpants on and is very <laughs> excited about bubble butts and fluid hips. But yeah, yeah I, the, the national Has, narrative, hashtag the bubble butt. <laughs> the national narrative is that he had a good a good combine. We just were expecting as yeah, the, the bill be, of goods we were to, sold. To be honest with you, the, the most surprising thing to me wasn't Chase Claypool running a four four two or Troy Pride not running a sub four three. It was Jalen Elliott running a four eight. I mean, That's that was garbage. Um and great. I and I also think that he's he's certainly capable of better. So I'm a little perplexed about um, how it came to be that he ran a four eight. And and the first time he did it, it was like, okay, there must be something wrong with the timing or something. You know what I mean? And he'll figure it out in the second run. And he didn't. And well, I just, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Lohi Gilman sure thinks that there's a problem with the timing. I, I get I get that, but at the same time, like. <laughs> You know, if 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 it's point, you know, if they started point eleven into into uh, into Elliot's, that's still a four six nine. You know, oh, I, mean? I know like, it's not a it's not a great a great time. I mean, obviously it looks better than four eight, but uh, before I, the combo, I, I I have I still have Jalen Elliott getting drafted. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, get drafted. That that's going to be dependent upon. That is going to be very dependent upon how he runs at Notre Dame's pro day, because without a doubt, he has to show that he can run faster. Yeah, ha- I mean, and, he has to. And the thing about the pro days, it's so fake. And they, like, and, those numbers are never they're always better. They're, well, they're never, always nobody better. cares after the after the combine. Yeah, right? you well, can run a, I guess. I, I mean, mean, I guess. No, but. nobody, nobody in the me- nobody in the media cares. I but mean, like protein scouts that are, that are did, there care. Did you guys see the 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 uh, like breathless reporting on social media from the NFL channels, like NFL Draft, uh, Twitter, and NFL? Like uh, Michael Turk uh, put up twenty five reps on the bench for, as a punter. Like, wow, that's amazing or whatever. Well, except you know what? Tyler Newsome doing thirty last year. Yeah, except he did it at a pro day. He didn't do it at the combine, so people were like, doesn't count. You know what I mean? Like, of course it counts. He did 30 reps. Like he didn't, he didn't fake those 30 reps, but at the same time, like it didn't happen at the combine. So like, it's not, you know, like Michael Turk apparently is like God's gift to, to strong yeah, punters. Because, because all those stuff, they'll say combine records. You know what I'm right. saying? Like this, uh, this is what they did at the combine. You're right. I mean, and Tyler Newsom should absolutely uh, keep that crown. Uh, I don't give a shit. Wait's wait, wherever you're at, except for the moon. I'm, well, one player that did impress outside of Chase Claypool, Louis Gilman had a hell of, by the way, Louis Gilman had a hell of a combine. He was yeah, but, the, the best in the shuttle, right? He, he sent the, he, he was a uh, top time in the, the 20 yard shuttle. And then did you, did you guys catch his, um, uh, they, they, when at the end of the combine, Alohi Gilman got that, um, yeah, good he guy had the best award. off the field performance. Off the the off field, field his performance. off the field performance, cleaning up all the tape and the the water bottles and stuff, which got a mention on the NFL Network broadcast. Like Louis, good guy Louis Gilman, cleaning up after everything. Which that's the that's kind of locker stuff room that, guy right there. Oh yeah. man, that's the that's a that's a future that's a future New England Patriot. Louis <laughs> Gilman right there. 
you, you say that you say that in jest. I'm, I'm not saying that in jest. I'm but that is that, where he's going to end up. <laughs> I'm saying that with total fucking confidence. I'm not he picking type, any bets. If you he put is a bet the type down, of guy that he is the type of guy that that good teams, teams that have been good over the past 15, 20 years, yep. are drafting, and that they're making good contributions to the team effort of winning, because that that's the position they're at in the draft. Right, that's the position they are. They are as as a uh, as a franchise, is that they could go out and get those guys, and they are they are contributions. They aren't long shots. Alohi Gilman is going to give whatever team he's at his absolute best, and is going is going to do well for whoever. I don't, I don't give a shit who it who they are, but it's going to be a team like the Patriots that end up taking them. Maybe it's the Steelers. Steelers are another team that. Oh, well, the Los Angeles. I would. I would. I'm a Steelers fan by way of marriage. I'm a Steelers fan by way of marriage. I would take Alohi Gilman on the Steelers all day long. Yeah, I, I mean, I talk about this with my with friends all the time. I mean, I, I, I am a huge Packers fan, and I always say the draft is something I just I still sneeze at a little bit because I never know what the hell Green Bay is doing in the draft, <laughs> and I and years and you and after years and years and years, I just don't care. I, I just have enough confidence that they know what they're doing to keep that franchise in a winning, you know, keep your keep winning football games. Uh, the uh, Packers have employed a couple of Notre Dame guys in recent years. Yeah. I mean, they still have Dexter Williams. They had Greer Martini. They had Sean Kaiser, St. Brown. They had Lee Becton back in the day. Ryan Grant, uh, right? Ryan yeah, Grant, Grant yeah. was on that team. For Ryan Grant had, his, had some of his best uh, NFL years uh, at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay has been has been shitty drafting. They just had the the advantage of having Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. It's the well, no, there there are they they work the draft the way a front runner with a quarterback does. That's the advantage of 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 teams that have their quarterback have. They're not constantly, you know, if the Cleveland Browns had if if they had Peyton Manning all those years, they're a much better franchise now because they're not wasting draft picks consistently every year on chasing a quarterback and something to do with their offense and coaching changes and all that shit. I mean, that, that that's the whole thing about the NFL is that's why they chase the quarterbacks. Cause once you get that guy locked down, then everything else can fall into place after that. And See, Jude, Jude among us probably has the best, uh, his NFL team probably has the best inclination, their ability to draft quality players, uh, and build a roster the right way, right, Jude? Oh my God! I mean, when they picked Saquon Barkley, I was like, "That's great, Saquon Barkley is amazing." Unfortunately, they have no offensive line. So they had Quinn Flowers. They did uh, fantastic. Yeah. I still yeah. can't believe Cle- I still can't believe Cleveland couldn't have figured out a way to get both Barkley and Mayfield. I, it was the oh, they could have done it. right. Yeah, I know their so, path was right there in front of them. How how do you not do that? I don't understand how because they fell in love with uh, what was his name, the quarterback from uh, what was it, Ohio State that they loved, right? Oh, they came up and got. No, but the other one was uh, what Fitzpatrick. Um, Help me out here, Cleveland. Yeah, who did they, who did Cleveland come up and they grabbed the cornerback that everyone was like, really? Oh, uh, Eli Apple. No, no, no that Apple. was that was your trash bag program. Yeah, that was uh. mine. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter, but. Anyways, so yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, so was I, it, it was Hayden. I think it was Hayden. Well, that, 
as a, a, as a total aside, I hope the Giants, and they're not going to do it, but I hope the Giants pick Isaiah Simmons because I have fallen in love with Isaiah he's Simmons. He's the best that, player in this whole draft, right? Ooh, like hybrid. Ooh, like, man, Chase Young, I, it's a hot take. It's a hot take, I know. But I think Isaiah Simmons is the best player in this entire draft. Yeah, that's a hot take. <laughs> it's a hot take. I know Chase Young exists. And I know, I know Joe Burrow's out there, but he's gonna go to the Bengals and he'll be bungalized. I don't think it's that hot, man. I, I you could do so much with Simmons. I don't know. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Never I, dude, he's yeah. incredible. He's absolutely there's some incredible. There's some and, and, but it's not just yeah. his draft. It's not just the combine stuff. It's go put on the tape. He's Watch. Mi- I mean, he, he was he's a difference incredible. maker. Yeah, he's yeah, incredible. He's, he's a he's a force to be reckoned with. So um, Chase Young's Chase Young has a had a tendency to take plays and games off and in the Michigan. It's like, just like many, many other elite pass rushers throughout history well, they, have. It's not a they huge, said that about Rashawn Gary. How did he do for your Packers? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but I guess I, this, the, 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 this draft thing for college football fans, uh, especially it's, it's kind of just a, you know, it, it's a notch on your belt. It's something to brag about, um, but you know, as far as like where they go draft wise, and Jude, on, on your last article, uh, you gave you you know you gave your predictions. I gave uh, your trash predictions. I might might add, I gave mine. We'll go back and forth on that. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a bet about Chris Fink getting drafted because that that's definitely not happening. So. Uh, same same number, same same exact numbers as Hunter Ruff. Hunter I, Ruff I understand. Ruff. I understand. He didn't, catch, he didn't catch any game winning touchdowns in the national championship game, but I. I, I see where you're coming from. No, no, but no, but no, but he's had he's had some he had great moments. Michigan, uh, USC, uh, there's some some big moments. Um, he had a 40 inch could, vert, right? He had a 40 inch vert. Did he have yeah, a 40? Yeah, vert? which which is about which is about eight inches more than that Renfro had. It's uh, so impressive. you can actually say his numbers are better. Uh, even with, I think they both benched seven reps, right? <laughs> they both did seven reps. Yep, on the bench. Yeah, they're both former walk-ons. They're both small. Small former walk-on white receiver, white wide receivers that everyone wants to say is an S. What they've been saying, Wes Welker for uh, or Julian Edelman for the, the last New, ten years. The New England Patriots have uh, one, two, three, four sixth-round picks and three seventh-round picks. If there was a program that was going to take, uh, yeah, the thing about Renfro is, is that it took a guy like Mayock, who is more probably in tuned with college football than the rest of them, in a, in a sense. To fall, I mean, it takes someone. A lot of these guys, it's just who's going to fall in love with you, right? Sure. Yeah, it only takes and, one team. Right, and Mayock was in love with with Renfro, and, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Can is someone out there? Are they in love with Fink? Could be. We, I mean, I I, I had to stop myself from laughing saying that, but I there could very well be the case that that you know that someone is that they're like, all right, if he's sitting here and and you know, I'm not saying Fink's going in round five. You know, no, round, no, he's like he's a seventh round guy, right? If he goes, the New England Patriots have seven picks between. They have seven picks between round six and seven, and Bill Belichick loves nothing more than white wide receivers. Of course, he's going to take Chris Fink. He's sitting there and he's just salivating at the prospect of taking. Then why no, did they take? We would say Chris Fink. Hunter Renfro was off the board. Future at a New England Patriot for the last three years, as it is, anyways. So <laughs> I don't know the big. I'm really but, but, kid, but I just don't, I don't see him getting drafted. Tony Jones Jr. is the one I'm most certain about not getting drafted. He yeah, needed to have a good combine and he just had a, he had, a he had a very middling combine. So his, his bench the, wasn't great. Guys, let me ask you this question. All right. 
What's more important to Notre Dame's football program? Passing USC in total number of draft picks. Okay, no. Is it is it actual the actual players and where they're drafted, or how they end up doing in the NFL? Oh God, it's it's about how they're doing in the NFL. Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, absolutely. Because you can sell it either way. You can, can sell it either I, way. Because 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 when I talk about importance of the program, obviously I think you know I'm just talking about recruiting. That's it. Sure. So going into a high school, going into a high school blue chip player's living room with mom and dad, and you're pointing it out, your your draft picks or the guys in the end of league. I get, I guess to me it's like a you say you say do you know who the highest paid safety is in the NFL? Do you know who the highest paid guard is in the NFL? Do you know who also has safety. their Notre Dame degree? I don't think do you want that for your son. Highest paid safety anymore? What's that? I don't think Harrison Smith's the highest paid safety anymore. Well, okay, so second highest paid. Third. Okay. I'm sorry, third. <laughs> but I mean, I, here's the no, I, I, no, I. You're quibbling here. You know what I, I mean, dude? Because I think it's I think it's a wash either way. I don't think it matters one way or the other. I, I think I think for fans, I think for just straight up fans, I think your point is 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 the one that you would lean on the most. Look, if you just had I, a bunch of washouts like like guys who were in the league for like the Daniels for a hot minute or whatever. And, and are now just like doing something else or, or not even in the league at all. Right. But you got them. drafted. You got they, them drafted. In the, yeah. The but okay. Money. So what Josh Adams made $25,000 a week on the practice squad for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's not something, something to brag about. You know right, what I mean? No. What, what's to brag about is like, you can Dude. say like, Hey, that guy you're, that's playing on Sunday, who's the captain of the, the football team. Like that guy went to Notre Dame. Yeah, and he got Jim Smith. All right. Screw it. Let's see. What I'm, what I'm saying is that it doesn't make a difference inside a high school. To fans, it does. Judah, I think the point that you're making is absolutely right when you're talking about fan on fan in a conversation. But when you're talk, when you're going into a high schooler's living room, I, I, I don't think either one trumps the other. You use the one that's best in the pocket, right? But it doesn't really matter. You could say, you know, if you, you can have all your, all your draft picks over the last decade could be damn near washouts. But if you got if you're averaging like six guys, six, seven guys a year getting drafted in the first five, six rounds, that's an easy sell. All I, right, I, Josh, let's put the, let's put the money where your mouth is. Every would year you, that we're guys. Would you rather have Notre Dame win a playoff game in 2020 or would you rather Notre Dame win the Heisman in 2020? Well, playoff let's, game. God, sure. This is easy. Playoff game. Yeah. Without so a question. you'd rather win win a playoff game and then maybe lose lose in the national championship, or would you rather have, um, I don't know, Ian Book win the Heisman for 2020? Let's say Notre Dame goes yeah. 12 and 0, they beat they beat. Um, I don't Clinton. I don't need any more I don't need any more addendums to that. Yes, I'll take the play the playoff win loss in the championship game over a Heisman any day. That's not I, even. So what I'm, you're saying that the, the, the player the player doesn't <laughs> so maybe I'm not the right person to ask but but I mean I don't really really give a shit much about the Heisman anymore. <laughs> well, if Notre Dame won the Heisman, you'd care about it again. No, no, I absolutely yeah, you're absolutely correct. And Jude's tried to throw that in my face before, but regardless, even if I held the Heisman in the highest regard, what's a Heisman? So well, what's Heisman, a Heisman to Ty Detmer? You know what I'm saying? You didn't win anything outside of Jason you, White. You you're going to be drafted. Right. Well, I guess there's Troy Smith, too. Right. He didn't really he I mean, he got drafted, but it was late um, by Baltimore. 
But for, other than Jason White, all of the Heisman winners of the last 20 years have been drafted moderately high first round-ish. Has there been outside of Troy Smith, a Heisman winner? If you're, in- if you're specifically re- recruiting a quarterback, I can see your argument being maybe, maybe. Well, what if it's, uh, what like, it's Kyle like Hamilton? What well, round did Tebow go in? Uh, he went in the first round. Denver, uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, oh my God, did they really take him in the first round? My they God. sure did, and he beat my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, <laughs> in his only playoff game. In his only playoff game on in overtime. But th- let's let's ignore all that. Yeah, every other Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Joe Burrow's going to go number one this year. He won. Sure. Kyler National Murray, Baker Kyler Mayfield. Murray, I don't know, Baker, man. It's small, those small hands might hold him back. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean Reggie and Liner, right? Uh, they they had some natties and and abdicated. I'm not even sure why we're still debating this. What 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 is better for? What would be better for Notre Dame to win to win a, a playoff game and lose in the championship game, or to have Ian Book or Sebo Flemister win the Heisman? I don't when think there's Heisman. any question. It's better if they win the Heisman. I mean, what's better? What's better for Oklahoma? They got a bunch of they got some Heisman's and they keep getting blown out in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be better for Oklahoma if they won a playoff game and, and said, fuck the Heisman. But they're sure as shit selling those Heismans. They in a, sure in a shit recruits. are selling those Heismans. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, I mean with, with, without a doubt. But I think uh, yeah. but you're selling that you're selling that to a quarterback to transfer there rather than having a, yeah. having some bigger wins to, to sell to everybody. Right. Well, they sold Spencer Rattler, right, to get him to show up to town. Um, I don't know which – the jury's still out on. I mean, come on. Yeah, we don't. I mean, at least with Jalen, at least with Jalen Hurts, you you had an idea what was going to happen. You did. Um, we knew Kyler Murray. I mean, at least I, I I had a lot of respect for Kyler Murray recruiting when we went to Texas A&M. So when he went to Oklahoma, I thought, okay, that's a good spot for him. Nobody fucking knew had any idea about Baker Mayfield uh, before that. But what I'm saying is, I think it's for a program, Oklahoma would 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 happily trade one or two of those Heisman's for a playoff win. I mean, I, I agree. I agree in principle. But 20 years from now, nobody's going to remember that Georgia won a playoff game in 2017 and then lost to the national yeah, but, championship but game. Years, 20, years, 20 years from now, that, that Heisman win isn't going to mean shit in a living room anyways. Just like Notre Dame, Tim Brown winning the Heisman doesn't mean shit in a kid's living room now. It it's does, just, it's because they'll the, be in the Nissan Heisman house commercial. Who won the, who won the Heisman in, in 2000? That uh, was uh, Jason White, right? Was it Jason White or was it Ron Dane? Uh, well, yeah, that's a good point. Jason White. I, when did Winky uh, win? Was that '99? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think old uh, Stinky Winky was '99. So, uh, so we're 20 years past 2000, and we can't remember who won the Heisman. But we remember that they won Heisman's, not necessarily the years. You could go through I the name Chris, every Heisman. Chris Winky was a hero to all. Uh, Eric Crouch win it in 2000. Yeah, you can rem- you can you you should remember. I mean, you remember almost every Heisman winner since I don't know since the uh, turn of the century. Yeah, Chris Winkie was 2000. Eric Crouch was 2001. Jason White was 2003. Carson Palmer 2002. Matt Liner at 04. Uh, must have been so, I, all right, so huh? so I I, I am yeah. 41 years old. I'm gonna list off very quickly. I'm going to list off every Heisman winner since I was born in 1978. 78, Bill, I'm not going to give years. Just start off with 78 and go on. 78, Billy Sims. 
Charles White, George Rogers, Marcus Allen, Herschel Walker, Mike Rozier, Doug Flutie, fuck him, Bo Jackson, <laughs> Vinny Dustaverde, Tim Brown, Barry Sanders, Andre Ware, Ty Detmer, Desmond Howard, Gino Toretta, Charlie Ward, Rashawn Salah, wow. Eddie George, Danny, Danny fucking Werfel, Charles Woodson, Ricky Williams, Ron Dane, which was in 99, Chris Winkies in 2000, I knew I was right, you bastards, uh, Eric Crouch, 2001, Carson Palmer, Jason White, Matt Leiner, vacated, Troy Smith, Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, Mark Ingram, Cam Newton, Robert Griffin, Johnny Manziel, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. Most of those players are dope as hell. I can't believe Gino Toretto won a Heisman. I completely, like, erased he, that from my memory. He won it with, only, listen, with one of the lower, it wasn't as low as Tim Brown's 45% of the vote, but at 50.84, it was pretty low. I mean, Eddie George only got 52%. Dady Warfel got 49%. No, I mean, it shouldn't have been cowards, and they should have given it to Orlando listen, Pace, who was the listen, actual Eric, best player on that Ohio listen State to me. Eric Crouch, Eric Crouch in 2001, Got twenty seven percent of the first place votes. Wow. Or or twenty seven percent of the points possible. Right. I mean, so most of these guys are are somewhere between the high forties up into the the seventies. Uh, I mean, some are getting the, like Ricky Williams at eighty five percent in ni- in ninety eight. Um, Troy Smith had ninety one percent in oh six, uh, which is incredible. Joe Burrow at ninety three this year. Uh, so. Just to, I don't know, take, take, take that for whatever, for whatever it's worth. If, if some of those names were lost to you in time, um, then uh, I mean, it, we're, we're only talking like, in the last, so these are the last 41 years. And in the last 20 years is ones we were kind of, kind of giggling about. So, I mean, Chris Winkie at 2000, Eric Crouch, Eric Crouch for Christ's sakes. Yeah, well, they're not erasing Eric Crouch's names from the history books. They're still oh, but, putting oh, his oh, Heisman right, Trophy but what, in. But what is Eric Crouch doing for Nebraska? He's got a Heisman Trophy that sits inside of Nebraska's whatever yeah, I mean, their that's version That's what Notre Dame does with the Goog, right? Yeah, what, yeah, it would I, be inside of the Goog. They would put Ian Book or Kyle Hamilton when he wins it for returning uh, four, tu- four interceptions for touchdowns and two kick returns as they put him in punt returns. Halfway the season. easy answer is what does more for the program winning right now? And maybe we don't know this for, cause the playoffs are so young, but I think the playoffs are, are a, a playoff win making it in the national championship game of the, in the playoff era is a bigger deal for the program than a Heisman. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Paul Horning would have traded his Heisman for seven more wins, right? I mean, hell, maybe Tim Brown would have traded his Heisman for a Cotton Bowl win over Texas A&M. There you go. Hey, hey, uh, fun story uh, about that game. Uh, you the, have his towel. Cotton. About his towel. Did you know about the towel? I do know about the towel. Yeah. Listen, listen. I I sold. Is furniture. this a Mean Joe Green scenario? <laughs> listen to me. So, so I sold furniture for for years, and okay. one of my one of my sales reps was um, was Scott Gillespie, who was a he played safety for Texas A&M. He ended up getting drafted by the New York Giants, your trash ball team. Yeah. Uh, and, but he was all torn out or whatever. His family was in the furniture business, like Harris Marcus, which is big at Lamb's success. But uh, pretty cool guy. Uh, would co- so coming to the store, and he told me the story about the towel 
which I didn't actually know. So I think this was like maybe 1999 or whatever was the first time I had heard about this. Yeah. Uh, but it was, but it was obviously, you know, they're all from tech, Texas A&M, Tim Brown's from Texas and the guys on the team like, yeah, man, this dude in his towel, blah, 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 blah. So Gillespie was the one that took the fucking towel or mm-hmm. was like, or the ringleader of the, of the, of the towel grab. I just think that was the funniest thing ever. And here he was trying to get me to buy, uh, you know, like 50 fucking recliners. <laughs> for the store i <laughs> yeah so, I, don't, I, I went down to like a was, YouTube, for me like, it was a fun, it's a funny story maybe not yeah i went down to a like youtube k-hole one night and i got there was somebody who did like a thing about tim brown's the the the, the towel games that were going under for tim brown during that cotton bowl so it, it well it, at one point it existed i'm not sure if the video is still up but there was no, there was no. definitely some prolonged uh, talking about how they were getting in his head about stealing his towel by stealing his towel. So <laughs> anyway, Oh man. Yeah. We're going down these rabbit holes here. Uh, fellas, we are, we're well past our hour mark, uh, per normal, but well under our two hour mark. Is there, is there anything else we want, we want to get across our, ch- get off our chests uh, in this episode? Um, Notre Dame finally made the officials of uh, official the hires of John McNulty and Mike Mickens, and I loved Brendan for saying in our chat, "Hey, it just looks like two mix." Just a couple of mix. <laughs> a couple of mix. Bringing in, uh, bringing in the Irish month with just a couple of mix. I, I refuse to. I refuse to waste any more time writing down that these guys were going to be coaches, which is why there's not an article up on OFD about no, us being I mean, official. I, I think it's, it's a well-trod, you know, whether it's our site or other sites, obviously McNulty, the tight ends coach Mickens is going to catch cornerbacks, uh, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, very excited about Mickens. And Josh, you have to be too, because we're both sort of oh, potentially yeah. uh, Cincinnati fans by, yep. um, yeah, it, that, that's the one that's more exciting. They, they, they were a hat on my table as a senior in high school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably number two after years of uh, Miami of Ohio being number one, uh, one, one ridiculous trip to Eastern Michigan, uh, which is why I, I think I understand college recruiting quite well when some weird shit goes on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cincinnati was, was a hat on the table for sure. And, uh, uh, when it was all said and done, I, that was probably the school I should have gone to, uh, was Cincinnati. So, are you guys planning your um, your Notre Dame bye week trip to Ypsilanti to watch the the uh, Eagles thing on the Rockets? I was hoping. I, have not, I got to grease it up with the wife. I, I I'm not gonna lie, fellas. Uh, the texts I've gotten in this last hour for what I talked <laughs> before the show are, are pretty intense, and I did nothing. <laughs> so, going on Dylan's birthday weekend for a trip up to Ipsy. Uh, Hey, Dylan, with you. Oh man, that would be fucking fantastic. It would be fantastic, uh, and he, I don't know. I mean, you could or, bring your you could bring your boy. I could bring my daughter. They could hang out, right? How, how old's Dylan? This is is. He'll he'll be, he'll be turning five. But I mean, I, if I take him, if I take him, I'm taking Ryan. I'm taking Dylan, or I'm taking. Uh, I'll probably bring Liv too. Bring the uh, whole crew, and uh, I can bring my crew. Terrible. I can bring I can bring Sophia. I can bring Sam. Uh, we can make a go of it. We can eat some Detroit style I, I totally dish. Who, who's Eastern got that weekend? Or who, Toledo? Is it Western? Toledo. Oh, it's Toledo. Toledo. Man. That's right, it's Toledo. That fucking candle, trash. Candle, trash. candle and the it boys is, is coming up. It is, coming up that's more. right. It's the battle for in-state tuition. 
<laughs> which is a, a trophy of a, of a, of a copper envelope. <laughs> yeah. Jason, Jason Candle and the boys are coming up North. They're, they're taking the trip up, uh, taking the trip up to, you know, 23 and they're gonna, they're 23 and then across to, uh, on the nine foe. And they're going to come to bring the boys up and the girl and we'll uh, get some Detroit style deep dish. Jude, you're flying in for this game, right? Uh, absolutely. Oh, no, if I'm going up to Ipsy, there's, I'm not eating that trash pizza. Um, <laughs> I was also going to suggest. I got some other. Guys, I got some other spots. I've been, I haven't hit in about twenty side, years. Little uh, sidetrack. Yeah. I was also going to yeah, suggest yeah. that you guys, if you didn't want to go to Ypsilanti, you could come to Oneana, New York. We could get cold cheese on our pizza, and you guys could experience the, the phenomenon that is uh, shredded cold, cold cold mozzarella on top of uh, a hot slice. Cold cheese on a hot slice. I was explaining that to my Brendan, wife. Brendan was Brendan was not familiar with this uh, little. Uh, I had no idea. Here. I had no idea what this was, and I was explaining it to my wife, and I showed her the picture, and she she just she goes, "That looks gross." Is that, <laughs> is that what this is that what this podcast come to? Just just a blatant trashing of my fucking heritage. Listen, <laughs> listen. What the what? I okay. I can't I can't comprehend. No, I can't. This deal. is actually this is actually perfect when you're drunk and you want to eat your hot pizza. Right. Drink. You don't want to burn your fucking mouth. I get it. Exactly. Yep. I get it. Yeah, you didn't have to say it. I, I, I understood that. Right. Have some discipline, all right? <laughs> have some discipline in your life. Did you see – have you seen the video of the guy who took the um, the paper clip and he's he's um, shredding the, the hot dog uh, – the hot dog piece of hot dog and then he's mixing it with egg, egg batter and he's making them into like waffles and then he's oh. putting this cheese sauce over on the top of it? Have you seen this thing? I've oh. seen it, and I want to. I want to put him onto a small raft, a flotilla, if you will, and Carter, cast him out you? into the sea. Yeah. Carter, is that you? No, Carter's too busy looking Carter, at all of my Dragon Ball Z gifts that I sent him today. And dreaming about Kane's coming to uh, Mishawaka. Yeah, Kane's in Mishawaka. Carter Carl's has entered the chat room. <laughs> all right, ready? You got anything uh, besides? Uh, let, let, let's stop trash heritage. Uh, I'm not going to besmirch your Italian heritage uh, in any such way. It is um, now the, the the month of the Irish. Uh, eat, eat your corned beef. Uh, make sure you drink uh, a lot of Guinness uh, this month. Um, Don't drink. Spring practice. Spring practice starts in uh, on Thursday. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Uh, and then it starts again on the 13th. So so or on the 17th. So get ready for spring practice to take four months. Yeah, well, I mean, if people if you're wondering, it's it's not extremely hard to figure out. Notre Dame gets to be with these guys from the start to the end with within that 15. So that's why there's that's why you start it now, because you kind of have that control grasp over them during that a longer time frame. Yeah, you did the you did the fan. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the off the rails podcast uh, where you broke broke down all the names, and I thought you, I would you mean reciprocate. My list of names? <laughs> I thought I would reciprocate by making an entire article written up just using dates. Uh, <laughs> so you did the names, and then I wrote an article that was essentially just dates. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought is, I, I honestly God sat down and thought, all right. I got 20 minutes here, no problem. And then I started, as I was going through, basically just listing off 
fucking names. I'm like, holy shit, I am 25 minutes in and I haven't even got to the back to the back seven yet of the defense. <laughs> I'm very sad you didn't. Uh, when you w- one of my favorite favorite sound bites you've ever had, uh, I, I sent you a, a clip of because uh, I, I, I it's been, and it I apologize so for that, but it's been a rough week for me. <laughs> it's been a, yeah, you had the slip, um, but. Which, it was it was one of my favorite sound bites when you were like it's huge and I was like oh my god that's the best thing that you've ever uttered and uh, yeah you doing some sort of Billy Fusillo reference there oh no it, well it was, you know it, and honestly God that clip that clip I kind of I kind of caught myself in a bad trap where I was where I was talking about uh, Notre Dame's lack of experience at corner and I and Sean Crawford was in that. It was the first name mentioned as being part of the corner group. Now, obviously I meant like overall, you know, overall depth wise. And I think I, I backtracked and, and said depth wise, like five times to make up for the, just that ridiculous sentence. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was huge having, uh, Oh man, I loved uh, it. Sean Crawford back. Love you. Love you. Sean Crawford. Hashtag oh, Ohio forever. Golden mongoose. Love him. If you guys haven't seen um, the collaboration between Brendan and I, uh, Brendan and me, on uh, Tommy Reese's, well, actually turnovers by Notre Dame quarterbacks in the Brian Kelly area, that was a that was a fun uh, write up, and I appreciate Brendan uh, putting that. Yeah, I still have that pinned. I still have that pinned very, uh, you know, above the fold on the site because that is not not only did look these guys, but Jude spent an amazing amount of time putting together data. Brendan's obviously doing something that Jude and I can't do. And it, it's a really nice, it's a great looking piece altogether. It's got a lot of good information. Good. It looks good. It's it's really easy. No to one use. else has done anything like this. Right. Shoot, it's, I'm it's just dope. flabbergasted. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah, you guys got, I got a lot of compliments uh, from it, from the SB Nation guys. I had to deflect and be like, no, no, no. I am not a smart person. This is I love that there's right now there is two dudes who are just, they will, they out. both have to have the last comment. They're literally arguing over whether or not Tommy Reese's run during the Michigan game in 2012 was considered "quote unquote" heroic or not. Oh, so so there, there's a we're we're rolling 38 comments deep, and I bet you it's probably 10, at least 10 of them is these guys going back and forth about oh, whether or not. I, I thought it was the, I thought it was the Stanford touchdown that they were they're to no they're, to, uh, no, they're debating the, the Michigan touchdown and the the guy. Who's they're both heroic for heroic is saying the game was Tommy 13 Reese ran a fucking touched has a touchdown run against Michigan. It was the tell only me how that's not tell me how that's not heroic. It was the only touchdown scored in the game. That's the point. Yes. The guy was one of the guys was making. The other guy was like, tell well, if they picked a the field goal. They still would have won the game. You know, so Tommy fucking Reese. This ain't Brandon Wimbush or Tony Rice. It's Tommy fucking. This is Tommy Reese who basically lost the 2011 game and then gave up his job. He came back and decided to be the ultimate team player in 2012 and comes into that game in super relief and wins the fucking football game. It was maybe the greatest moment of any Notre Dame quarterback they've had in the last. I I don't even know. Get Tommy Reese's statue ready. I've been saying it for months. Get it (laughs) fucking ready. You might might as well just you, you know what his statue can be? Him going over that goal line against Michigan, that's what you put in bronze. It can be the celebration because I that's sent – That celebration was fantastic. Oh, my God. I sent you all the gifts because the gifts didn't exist on the internet. And, and Josh was like, hey, exist. can you make these gifts? And I was like, oh, my God, they don't exist. And so, yeah, it just 
I mean, Unreal. That, that, all you had to do was watch that once, and you got that feel. Like, look, Tommy Reese had chills. He, he had so much more swagger than his baby face ever let on. That dude was a gangster out there on that field. He's a pure gangster. So God bless you, Tommy Reese. Fucking love you. Cannot wait to see what happens uh, as offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm, I'm geeked, guys. I'm geeked. Amen. Damn right, amen. All right, that's it. Uh, again, please uh, go over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. We will read your reviews on this podcast. You can check out all of our work over at OneFootDown.com. Uh, lots of good stuff going on. Um, and uh, it, look, you can always uh, shoot us, uh, shoot me an email, subwaydomer26 at gmail.com. If you got some, if you guys want to want us to talk about something specific on this podcast, there is a long off season after the spring uh, that, Hey, we got time to fill. We got time to kill. So, you know, I have no problems with taking a suggestion or two. I'll throw that time and, and we can see we can have some fun. So for everybody over at OFD, I really appreciate you guys uh, checking us out. Keep, keep, get the word out, get the word out. We're going to fucking be bigger than us steel. Uh, <laughs> 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 Thanks again. And go Irish. <laughs>